backpackers, travelers, and globetrotters from all around the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Itchy Feet podcast by Nomad Coops. Today we're off to a brand new location once again, but in a completely different area of the world. We're going to be heading out to the Middle East. We're going to be joined by a friend of mine called Ali. She was an expat from Finland living in Jordan when I met her in Petra. So who better to talk to about exploring this gorgeous, unique country? So sit back, relax, and enjoy Jordan. Welcome to the show, Ali. Whereabouts are you at the moment? I'm in Estonia, Tallinn, but I'm from Finland originally. What made you take the jump across to Jordan? I enjoy taking work opportunities abroad. I was offered a job to, to go to Amman and train the local teachers. Of course, I took up the opportunity and I was there around four months. Getting in and out of the Middle East can often be a little bit difficult, especially when you've got sort of borders such as Israel-Palestine and stuff like that. Was there any issues getting mm-hmm. into Amman? No, I didn't have any issues since I came straight from Finland. But if you wish to visit also Israel, then make sure to go to uh, Jordan first. Because if, if you go to Israel first, it's going to let you in Jordan if you have a stamp of Israel in your passport. So yeah. just go to Jordan first, then to Israel, then yeah. it should be fine. It basically makes it a lot easier. There's a lot less hassle and a lot less trouble if you can do Jordan first. I actually did it in the reverse but they did start doing a little token that they give you and they stick it into your passport and then they remove it at the border later. But I came across through a land Mm, border into the South. So I think just to save Mm -hmm. any issues and because Mm -hmm. everything's constantly changing, I think it's just smoother Mm. to come into Amman and explore Jordan from Amman outwards. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So what was it like living in Amman? Different kind of city Mm -hmm. to obviously Europe and Asia and America and all that, when you get into the Middle East, it's quite different. Well, I really, really fell in love with Amman. It has a very long history and, and uh, especially the old town has really amazing tiny valleys to explore. But it also has some nature, which is surprising. Amman is built on hills, so you can actually have very nice walks and just admire the city from above. The locals, they speak very good English and they are really, really nice and helpful. So. Yeah, I think every day in Amman was an adventure. <laughs> when I woke up, I never knew what's going to happen, uh, both at work and on free time. So it was really, really interesting. And um, I also felt really safe in Amman. Yeah, so definitely. That was very, very nice. So I went Israel, Jordan, Egypt. And out of those three in that sort of area that are quite so close, I found Jordan to be the most hospitable people, the most inviting, very mm-hmm. accommodating. Yeah, yeah. And just a really lovely place to experience. It was different, definitely, to anywhere else that I'd traveled. But in a fantastic way, I didn't find it all too difficult for a place that I didn't know a whole lot about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think the food, it's just incredible. For example, they have this uh, cheesy desert, Knafe, which you find in, in a few places, in the old town especially. There is one famous place just next to the big mosque in the city, and there is actually always a queue to that place because it's just so, so popular. So that is something that's very special to Jordan. And of course, falafel and, and baba ganoush and, and all the, the basic things. So oh, <laughs> I could I... easily spend their weeks just eating. I agree. I absolutely loved the falafel there. I mean, the flavors. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's so good. I miss it. I really do. 
Uh, I mm. went to a place called Hashem <laughs> Restaurant that had been recommended to me by a few people. Usually it's quite busy. Mm-hmm. It's quite hard to get a seat at. But I made the lovely decision to go during Ramadan and a lot harder to locate mm. places that are open or just people around in general. The difference between Ramadan and not Ramadan in Amman would be quite different, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. But if you're there in Ramadan time, make sure to be invited for iftar, which is the dinner that the, the locals are having after fasting uh, for the day. I got several invitations to local homes and, and that was amazing. What sort of dishes can you expect during that breaking of the fast? You called it iftar, was it? Yes, iftar, yeah. Basically everything. You always started with fruits and maybe some nuts and, and something not so heavy. But then during the night you start eating a lot of dishes and you are spending the entire night up eating. That sounds like my kind of place. <laughs> it's amazing. And, and the locals decorate their homes very nicely and it's like a Christmas for us. I was staying in a hostel, uh, Nomad's Hotel or Nomad's Hostel. I mean, they're sort of everywhere throughout the world. Um, Whether or not they're linked through chains, I'm not too sure, but they're actually really good, really accommodating, really comfortable and really cheap as well, just as a little bit of an insight. You reckon the old town is the best location to sort of hang out, yeah? Definitely. That's the most interesting part. And that's also the place where the young people nowadays hang out. It might be slightly difficult to find alcohol there, but um, there are a few places there. But a lot of shisha bars and a lot of small spots where the young locals hang out and play music and eat and chill. So if I would spend a night in Amman, that's definitely where I would go. There are some nightclubs a bit outside the old town, if that's something you're looking for. But definitely start your evening in the old town. And it's a lot of these rooftop restaurants there. So the views are very, very amazing from those. We actually went up to one of the rooftop restaurants that you actually suggested, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Mm. On top of the hill was the big Jordanian flag, got all the lights lighting up all the city. It's on the main walking street that goes by Old Town, where you can find all the touristic shops are there. So it's um, in the end of that street. And I'm sure there are many new places also. When you're in a a strictly Muslim country, like you said, it's not easily accessible when it comes to alcohol because obviously not a huge part of their culture. But when you're in the big city, you can Mm. still go to these great locations that are quite accommodating to tourists in that sort of sense. Must do's. Someone's coming in for two, three days into Amman. What are we checking out? Visiting the place where all the traditional vendors are, are selling their their fruits and spices and, and some traditional clothes. There is also a nice place where you can go inside a traditional ice cream place and you can actually go and make your own ice cream with the huge sticks and with huge uh, containers. That was an interesting experience. But yeah, I would just not read much beforehand. I would just go and walk on the streets and start talking to the local people and, and just uh, explore the old town. Hammam is something you should definitely do. Uh, it's the traditional bath. It might be interesting. You are actually going there naked. There is some saunas first, and then there is a bath that you take. I'll have some body scrub and, and massage. It's interesting, but it was very, very nice. And uh, when you book it, don't pay too much. Just Can negotiate the price. Can you remember roughly what sort of price you would pay? I never actually got a chance to do one, so this is all new to me, but I remember. Really? That- You'd go? 
no i didn't oh my god you you completely missed jordan then uh, you had to no, go there. I, i'm well aware because the guy that i was traveling with that i'd met in petra jens he actually said he goes the whole thing that i love about being in amman is the amount of hammam that is around so i can go and i was like okay mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to try this out i never actually got around to doing it though but what price roughly would you expect yeah. to pay I would say like 20, 25 euros, definitely not more than 30. It's, it's around like one and a half hours, the entire experience. So it's, it's, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, cool. Also go to visit the Fortune Tell because they have so many in, in Amman on the streets and, and on the tiny cafes. I, I went once and actually everything that I was told has actually happened. So. Wow, that's cool. What sort of fortune telling was it? <laughs> It was from the coffee grounds. That's so good. It sort of matches in well with the coffee culture as well. Yes, amazing coffee. You should also visit the Citadel, which is the old ruins in Amman in one of the hills. So it's, it's actually very nice. And the view from there is also very cool. There is quite a lot to check out in Amman. Definitely a place to check out for at least three to four days, in my opinion. Give yourself some time to really mm-hmm. experience the place. Let's make our way out of Amman. We'll make our way down south to one of the seven wonders of the world. It is an absolute sight Mm -hmm. to behold. The ancient city of Petra, which is actually where we met, not in the city of Petra, but at the hostel we were staying at there. It was a place called Rafiki. I'd recommend it. It was quite nice. Mm -hmm. Easy access to the city of Petra itself. Yes, I agree. It was very nice. I also stayed in this hotel called Rocky Mountain. It was gorgeous. You could actually see the Rocky Mountains on the, on the balcony and it's stunning, the view. And one thing to notice is that when you go to Petra, you are actually going to Wadi Musa, which is the village around Petra. So when you book your accommodation, you, you should ride Wadi Musa. Yeah, that's a good point to make. I really struggled to find accommodation in Petra via Hostel World because I didn't know a whole lot about Petra at the time. I sort of just like rolled in and learnt on the spot, which was really cool to do. But trying to find a place in a place that doesn't have any accommodation was quite difficult. So don't try and find accommodation in Petra. Wadi Musa is what you're putting into your booking.com, your hotels.com, your hostel world, all that. So Petra is quite a walk to get into. It was roughly around about a one and a half kilometer, two kilometer walk from the front of the entrance into the actual city itself. And the city is basically a big valley with buildings cut into the rock. Obviously no nightlife in the actual city itself, but they did have a light show at Petra. I didn't go to it. I only heard average things about it, that it was more of a tourist gimmick and it was quite expensive for not much interest. I heard similar stories, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. But uh, Petra itself was amazing. We took it together <laughs> one day. We took a jeep and we drove to the backside of Petra and then we hiked up the mountain there and then we walked through the ancient city and it took us about seven, eight hours or something. The normal way to do it is go from the main entrance and then uh, walk until the end, but then you also need to walk all the way back. You're going to spend at least a full day there to check it out. If you like hiking, you can do a second day and go and check out some of the less known hikes. But going the back way into the monastery first, I definitely recommend doing that. And I think you're spot on. It's the fact that if you walk all the way out to the monastery, once you get to the entrance of Petra, it's quite a long way. And then you've got to walk back the same way you came. I also found the monastery to be, in my opinion, the prettiest part. And if you go the back way to start your day, there's no one else there. And it's just a great place to chill out, relax and have a cup of coffee as we did and just enjoy it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
yeah yeah i agree it was just amazingly beautiful and then because it's the morning when we got there so it wasn't too hot either but uh, at some point when we went from the backside because there are no signs or anything i got slightly worried if we are still on the right track because we didn't see anyone in hours but we managed <laughs> yeah it is definitely that feel oh, where you can really start nice. to get a little bit worried because there isn't anyone guiding you along the way and you are walking for <laughs> roughly about an hour and a half two hours to walk to the monastery itself mm-hmm. from the back end but again it was absolutely beautiful doing it together with the three of us just walking around with no one else around just to really soak up what it is whereas if you come in the front way mm-hmm. there's people everywhere there's horse and carts everywhere and everyone's walking on the same sort of path and it really does lose that beauty that it does have. You have to buy a Petra Pass. You have to apply for your visa online. I believe it was an e-visa. And then mm. you could also pay for the Jordan Pass. That was what it was called. It was called the Jordan Pass on top of it. Mm. I think it was yes. like $90 yeah, for the vast majority of the ruins and the touristy spots along the way to check it mm. out. But yeah, I found Petra to be amazing. That's one of my favorite places I've been. To try and describe it, I've never seen anything like it before. But I imagine that if Atlantis, the lost city that's sunken, was real, or if it was ever found, I imagine that Petra would be Atlantis if it had no water. Mm. Just an opinion for the people. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say, amazing. I really felt like a princess. Yeah, we took some amazing photo shoots. My kind of place. Uh, One more thing to do in in Wadi Musa is definitely finding the heat swimming pools since there are many hotels a bit higher on the mountain. So go to a hotel and, and most of them have swimming pools. So I went to two or three. I had amazing views down there. Well, so you can actually see amazing. in from the hotel swimming like, pool. Well, you can see like the, the old ruins. Let's move west. The Dead Sea. I actually did the Dead Sea as a day trip out of Amman. Jordan's not the biggest country in the world. So you can sort of access it from a few different areas. I just did a day trip, went to a tourist hotel, and I think it was like $50 for the day. You buy a day pass into the hotel and you go to the Dead Sea. The skin exfoliation mud was all included and whatever. It was it was a bit of a gimmick, but it was quite cool, especially after backpacking for so long to actually have a few luxuries like a swimming pool and, and all that uh, and access all sorted out. It's mainly occupied hotels, the whole beach, but there are some spots that are still not built, so you can actually go there. Um, You might have to hike a bit to access the beach, but there are some places where you can just drive your car and hike for 15 minutes, and then you're there, and you don't have to pay anything. And please take some water with you, since the water is very, very salty, so you will want to wash yourself after taking your swim. For anyone who doesn't know about the Dead Sea, it's the saltiest sea in the world. And, and actually you can't swim in there. You can only float. <laughs> the idea of it is that it's supposed to be good for your skin to put this mud on you and then go into the salty sea and then wash it off. And it's really good for your skin, which is great. For someone who doesn't really look after their skin like myself, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I went all in on it, covered my whole face in it, went for a swim. If I can give one tip about anywhere in Jordan... <laughs> My tip will be in the Dead Sea. Don't put your face in the Dead Sea. One, it hurts your mouth Mm. if it goes in your mouth and it tastes terrible. Two, Mm. it hurts your eyes for about 15 minutes. You can't open them anymore. And it stings your nostrils. (laughs) I did it once by accident and I thought, oh, okay, like I'm never doing that again. That was dumb. So I went back out, (laughs) re-mudded up my body, 
re-mudded up my face and then realized that, well, I've put mud on my face. Now I need to put my face back under the water again. So I was stupid enough to do it twice. I recommend no one ever do it once. <laughs> I can't believe you put your face <laughs> under the water. The experience itself is awesome and definitely go out and check the Dead Sea because you literally just float. Mm-hmm. The moment that you're not 100% vertical, your whole legs just kick out in whichever direction they're leaning and it's quite good fun. But <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put my face in. <laughs> No, don't put your face in otherwise. We'll finish it up down in the south then and we'll make our way to Wadi Rum, which I think is one of the most unique places I've been to. Yes, I definitely agree. I actually prefer Wadi Rum to Petra. It's this big desert area with these uh, rocky mountains. I've seen a lot of deserts, but never anything like this. And it was really easy. Because when you book it online, you get the accommodation in, in a tent and they, they provide you dinner and breakfast and, and showers and everything. To give a little bit of a feel of what the place looks like, if you've seen the live action Aladdin, when he comes out of the sand cave that was filmed in Wadi Rum, so was Star Wars Rogue One and Martian with Matt Damon. So it's quite a popular place for film locations. At least do one night, maybe two gorgeous place very mm-hmm. unique to anywhere else i've been mm-hmm. i recommend also going to aquaba so i went there for some snorkeling and it was quite beautiful they actually have some planes and boats under the water and you can go and snorkel and, and explore those so it was just quite beautiful yeah definitely if you're only in jordan and you're not checking out anywhere else around the red sea definitely go down to aquaba and check out the red sea it's some of the best diving i've ever experienced I dived the Red Sea out of Ilat in Israel, which is really close to Aquaba. So I didn't actually stop in Aquaba when I came across the border. I really wish I had. Now that I know the difference between the diving, and it is quite different, even though it's so close, but the diving in Aquaba from what I've heard and seen is fantastic and amazing. So if you get the chance to go down there, mm-hmm. definitely do that. That pretty much wraps us up in your old home. Let's get a little bit of an insight into Ali. First up, I want to know your favorite travel story. My most interesting travel story is from Asmara, Eritrea, mainly because that's that's a place where you can't act as a tourist. It's uh, it's a very closed country. Basically, no one knows about it. I didn't know too much about it before I got the opportunity to work there. The entire country, the, the people there are super, super friendly, but they just got internet a, a few years ago. They don't know too much about the world around them. So it was really interesting talking to them and uh, working with the local teachers there. It was occupied by Italy a long time. And uh, most of the buildings in, in, in Asmara, the capital, are, are ruined because they don't have too much money to repair those. So it felt like going 300 years back in time when I was walking there. And uh, it was really interesting. They have a lot of hidden tiny bars there. So we spent um, many evenings just uh, chilling with the locals and listening to their stories and just uh, enjoying the atmosphere. They used to be in a war for many decades, but it's a fantastic place. And I really hope that they get everything going well and that one day it would also be opened up for the tourists. I'd never heard of this country before you told me about it. I can't pronounce it right, I don't believe, but it's Eritrea. And also, where are the bordering countries? Because I doubt anyone really knows where this country is. Mm, That's true. So it's next to Ethiopia. It's like the second closest after North Korea. 
when it's in the same conversation of its accessibility and how closed they are as North Korea, you know that it's a whole task to, I mean, even get in there. How did you get a job out there? And like, in Mm. terms of a tourist visa, is it even possible? No, you can't get a tourist visa there at the moment. As I was working with this um, uh, developing aid company in Finland, so they had the opportunity and I, I got it. Let's go into the future. What are the three things on your bucket list that you want to check out? My bucket list is so long that <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to say three. I would say Myanmar. Then I want to go again to Philippines. And um, I'm actually planning a trip with a, with a group of friends to go to the very, very north of Finland to, to see the, the seashore there and, and the amazing forests. So we are going there in a two weeks. That pretty much wraps us mm-hmm. up, Ali. I want to thank you for coming on board. Thank you. Thank you. And all the best to you. And for everyone else listening around the world, thank you for tuning in again. And as always, if you have any comments, tips, or questions that you would like to pass on, feel free to shoot them to us at nomadcoops.com. Subscribe to the podcast and like us on iTunes. Until next time, guys, enjoy your day from all of us at the Itchy Feet Podcast. <laughs>